Well, good morning to you and happy Halloween. Uh, I can say that from the pulpit because Halloween is a Christian holiday. Of course, like every other holiday, and maybe more so than any other holiday, things get attached to it which are not Christian. (laughs) Things are associated with Halloween that are are certainly, I don't think Halloween Horror Nights, they're preaching the gospel to you uh, as they're scaring you to death or anything like that. But consider the etymology of the word Halloween or Hallow Even. It's a shortened form of All Hallows Eve. All Saints Eve. It's the Eve of All Saints. Tomorrow is one of the principal feasts of the church, November 1st, which we'll celebrate next Sunday, uh, which is All Saints Day. So just like there's Christmas Eve, there's All Saints Eve. So even though we are observing today, I'm in green, the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost, we are nevertheless preparing to exalt in the communion of the saints on the morrow. And it just so happens that today's gospel, which you just heard, dovetails perfectly with all saints tied because the saints are those who loved God with every fiber of their being. I mean, you could define a saint as one who zealously obeyed the great commandment, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your strength. The saints are the ones who answered the call to be perfect. What does our Lord say? Matthew five forty-eight. pretty scary verse. Pretty impossible on our own, as we know from Scripture and from experience. Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So the saints are the one who answered the call to reach their telos, to reach their end, to reach their reason for being, which is loving union with Almighty God. And this call to love God with all that we are, is a universal call. After all, it's called, we call it the great commandment, not the great suggestion. Therefore, I want you to think about this this morning. Every Christian is called to be a saint, to be perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect. No one is called, not a single person that's ever been created, no one is called to be a CEO Christian. Christmas and Easter only. No one is called to Laodicean spirituality. Remember the church in Revelation that was lukewarm. And Jesus writes in this letter and says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out of my mouth. No, everyone is called to be a saint. And in the reading of the gospel... A little teaching on the liturgy. The gospel is read in our midst. I know we haven't seen that a lot during COVID, Corona tide, as I like to call it. But that, that's an incarnational moment that Jesus comes down from heaven to earth and he stands in our midst. I'm standing as, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but I'm standing as your priest in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. And so what, what just happened is that Jesus came into our midst and he said, you shall love. The verb 
is agapao, agape, which means, of course, to love. And it's conjugated in the second person singular. So this universal call is particularized. It's personalized. Thou shalt love. You and you and you and you and you, you shall love. And notice that our Lord, quoting Deuteronomy 6, does not say, you shall love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But rather, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So you are to love God with every part of every part of you. Last year, maybe the best thing about COVID, in my, my one man's opinion, the best thing that happened during COVID is that a documentary came out called The Last Dance, which is about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls uh, in their final season together, the 97-98 season. And I would contend the greatest team ever assembled. And I've always been a huge Michael Jordan fan. I mean, he's, he, this is another thing. This is not opinion. This is fact. He's, he's the GOAT, okay? He's the greatest of all time. There's no, there's no debate. And it was, I was kind of nervous when I, I was excited when I saw this documentary was coming out. But I was kind of nervous because I'm like, this, what do we like to do with our heroes? You know, we, like, we do these documentaries on people. I'm like, this is going to demythologize Jordan, and I'm not going to like it. Actually, uh, the opposite was true. I mean, the last, as I'm looking at what people are saying, you know, 20 years later, I mean, Michael Jordan's life could have been written by Homer. I mean, it's really the stuff of mythology and legends. So when I was a kid, and also last week, I wanted to be like Mike. And this may shock you. Brace yourself. I'm not like Mike, okay? (laughs) I was born on July 29th, 1981, and if I had, I know this for a fact, and this doesn't hurt me, if I had spent every waking moment from then until now practicing basketball, I still wouldn't be good enough to hand Michael Jordan his Gatorade. (laughs) So when we talk about the saints, as we prepare for All Saints Tide, is someone like Mother Teresa the Michael Jordan of Christendom? Are the saints the same creatures as you and I? Or are they some sort of spiritual elite having in themselves an acumen and potentiality which we all lack? Is such love of God and devotion to Christ and empowerment in the spirit impossible for you or unlikely for you In the same way, being in the NBA is unlikely for me. You may not be able to be like Mike. You can't be like Mike, guys. You guys are still doing great. But if you want to be like Jesus, you can. Not only are we called to be saints, he doesn't doesn't give us this impossible call. Love God with everything that you are. Love God with every part of every part of you. 
and then not equip us to do it. Second Peter, this is one example. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we're called to be saints, but we're also by the Spirit equipped to live as such. So Christ commands us in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And here's the good news. Then he equips us through the merits of his life, his death, and his resurrection and ascension to carry out what he commands. Some of you have heard me talk about the Desert Fathers. They were a group of monastics who lived in the 3rd and 4th centuries who lived mainly in the deserts of Egypt, thus the name. They weren't the Sandals Jamaica Fathers. They were the Desert Fathers. And their ascetic way of life and devotion to the Lord had a profound effect on the world, still does to this day. And it produced, whether directly or indirectly, quite a few saints, which we're going to talk about one uh, next week at All Saints Sunday. And a lot of their stories are recorded in a book called the Apathegmata Patrum. I'll remind you, I went to seminary in English, The Saints of the Desert Fathers. And I want to read a short excerpt from that book to you now. Very short. Abba Lot went to see Abba Joseph and said to him, Abba, as far as I can, I say my little office, I fast a little, I pray and meditate, I live in peace as far as I can, I purify my thoughts. What else can I do? The old man stood up and stretched his hands towards heaven. His fingers became like ten lamps of fire. And he said to him, If you will, you can become all flame. Brothers and sisters, God has given us, through his son Jesus Christ, in the scriptures and in the sacraments, and by the Holy Spirit that lives within us, that writes the law of love on our hearts, he has given us ample fuel to be aflame, to be on fire for him. But what is it that fans the flame? And we'll close with this. How is it, for example, how do we increase and cultivate love for God? Well, the the list is endless. Of course, there's the low-hanging fruit of the stuff of Acts 2.42, devotion to the scriptures, the life of the church, the sacraments, prayer. But I'll just pick out two. One way that we increase in love for God, as we are in the vigil of all saints, we think about repentance. Well, why is that? Because repentance fans the flame of love for God. Why? Because sin dampens our love. Scripture says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And when we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We quench the fire of the Spirit. But when we turn from our sin and come once again to the foot of the cross, when we run down the road back into the arms of the father like the prodigal son, the flame is rekindled. 
Another way, and I think the key way, is by meditating upon the crucified and risen Jesus. We love because God first loved us. All of our love for God, all of our love for each other is a response to, love, to, to the love of God. That's why Paul in Romans is he's laying out the Gospels. He's laying out what Jesus has done, the difference he's made, how he's changed the world. He's changed the cosmos. When he gets to chapter 12, he says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, in view of everything that God has done for you, through his son Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. We're only able to love when we're enabled and we receive the love of God, which is available to each one of us. When, when we take time in, in the liturgy of the church, in our prayers throughout the week, as we're walking down the street, to meditate on the crucified and, and risen Jesus, to meditate on what it means that God demonstrated his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we survey in our hearts the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, when we do that in a spirit of humility and repentance and wonder, love springs up. That's why Good Friday is so powerful. We just take that time to venerate the cross. It's powerful. The, the love of God is overwhelming. I don't see how anyone could come to a Good Friday service and not come to Jesus. So brothers and sisters, on the first day of the Triduum of All Saints Tide, the three days of All Saints Tide, let us lay aside, if need be, the lies of the evil one that says you can't grow in holiness. You can't be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. You're too broken. You've made too many mistakes. What about this you did? Put away those lies. And remember, Moses was a murderer. Jacob was a liar. David was a, an adulterer and a murderer. It's been a lot of time in David. Rahab was a prostitute. Peter was a coward. Augustine was a womanizer, but as Augustine said, every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. Brothers and sisters, you are called to be saints and you are equipped to be that. You are equipped to be saints and you become a saint by receiving the love of God and loving God with all you are, by walking in the love that has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us.